want you to start in Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. So Job chapter 14. Now, Job was the very first book of the Bible that was ever written. Some of you are like, that's not true. It's Genesis. Chronologically, the oldest book of the Bible is Job. So I want to start with Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. And I want to be teaching you today about how to interpret dreams. I'm going to be talking about how to interpret dreams. And it's a very important topic because on average, every human being has four dreams a night. Now, you may not remember your dreams. Some of you do. And uh, you may not always be aware of what they mean and their significance. But on average, whether you remember them or not, you have four dreams a night. I think it's of utmost importance that we teach how to interpret dreams. How many of you are ready to learn? Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 16 says, For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. Verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds. Verse 16, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings. Father, I pray that you would bless this message. Bless me as I try to deliver it with the same potency that your Holy Spirit gave me when I received it. Father, I ask that your word would be sharper than any two-edged sword piercing and dividing asunder even the soul from the spirit. God, that you would begin to bring such a clarity over warnings and instructions and things that you've tried to emphatically tell us in dreams that maybe we didn't have the wisdom or the understanding to discern. And Father, maybe even some of us have been disobedient to act on the dreams that we are given but this sermon, I believe, is going to change the course of our lives forever. So we humbly submit ourselves to you, and we thank you, Father, that you said in your word that we should study to show ourselves approved. And so we're here hungry for the word. We're hungry to learn what your scriptures say so that we can be in your perfect will. In Jesus' name, and V1 Church said, amen. So pay close attention to all of your dreams, but not all of them are from God. Pay, pay close attention to your dreams because all of them tell you something, even if it's not God telling you something. Yeah. Every dream has significance, whether it's a conversation you had during the day that turned into a symbol in your, in your dream. Maybe it's something that you've been struggling with that you couldn't articulate with your words emotionally, but a dream is helping to give you access to understand yourself better. Pay attention to all of your dreams, but not all of your dreams are from God. Let me just say that again for the Pentecostal charismaniacs that think every dream they have is from God, even though they just ate a Subway sandwich before they went to bed and their tummy was rumbling, it was not the rumbling of the Holy Ghost. Every dream is not from God. I have found that God blesses the most supernatural power to the most super practical people. I'm gonna say that again till you get it. I have found that God gives the most supernatural power to the most super practical people. I want to raise the dead. God's like, start with tithing. You don't even have faith in your finances. Uh, I, yeah, sheesh. <laughs> Gen Z just got fired up. I'm going to say it one more time. God gives the most supernatural power to the most super practical people. God, I want a global ministry. We'll show up to the local one every week. God, I want to be an itinerant speaker. Okay, well, let me take you overseas where it's going to be two in the morning by the time you're preaching that sermon. 
Are you doing it for the income or are you doing it for the outcome? People say, I can't wait till I have enough money to go into ministry. Then you'll never be a good minister because you'll do it for money. Guys, this is already good. So the most supernatural power is often given to the most super practical people. Your pastor used to be an atheist. I attend every single one of our services as atheist Mike. That's the truth. I look at everything we do through the lens of atheism. I look at it through the, the, through the lens of skepticism. And I ask myself, how would someone who doesn't believe in this perceive what we're doing? And I believe that God has anointed me with a very significant amount of supernatural power because I'm super practical. So I want to tell you, I do not want this sermon to generate hundreds of conversations about dreams that were not from God. But I do want this sermon to generate hundreds of conversations around accurately being able to discern and accurately being able to interpret both the dreams that we have that are our own because we're stewarding the symbols that our subconscious mind is trying to help us unlock for progress in our lives, but also the dreams that are from God. And so oftentimes, if everything's a demon, it probably wasn't always a demon. But if nothing's a demon, there was probably some demons. If every dream is a Subway sandwich, then probably some of them were from God. But if every dream was from God, some of them were probably from some pizza you ate. Are we all on the same page? I've tried my hardest to grow you and to prosper you even as your soul prospers. So pay attention. Dreams, they will change the course of your life. In Job chapter 33, verse 14 and 16, it says, for God speaks one way and in two, though man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings. You know, a dream is a channel for communication. For those of you who are taking notes, many of you have a Disney Plus subscription or you borrow one from a friend. <laughs> many of you have a Netflix subscription, HBO Max. Many of you have MLB, whatever. You have multiple channels and each channel provides a different type of programming. Dreams are a channel that God uses to communicate to his children. Dreams are a very important channel that he uses. Pay attention to your dreams. You know, I had a dream, probably it was two years ago now, I had this reoccurring dream. And this dream was that I was living on a college campus. And my family, and this is a nightmare, I think it turned into a nightmare, my family lived with me. So I'm on a college campus with Bella and Everly, a 14-year-old, y'all pray for me, a seven-year-old and a beautiful 21-year-old. <laughs> Julie, I'm just kidding. Um, I wasn't gonna reveal my wife's age, not on stage. But in this dream, I was, I was living on a college campus and I woke up literally in a panic because it was like, in this dream, I was taking the test and I was failing them over and over and over again. And I was repeating this college process over and over and over again. Anyone had a dream like that before? But we lived on a college campus. All of a sudden, 
linked international network of churches six months later reaches out to me and they say, we have a church in our network in crisis and we're asking a very hard thing of you during a global pandemic. Will you help heal an entire church? Will you help bridge the divide that they're encountering? Will you come in and set some things straight? And so I uh, reluctantly, but knowing that it was the Holy Spirit accepted that assignment. Did you know that when they moved us into the housing that was provided for us while we lived there, it was on a college campus? We lived on a college campus. And when I moved on into that apartment, and saw Bella and Everly and Julie on a college campus living there with me, I said, God, you have surely given me a prophetic dream. But I believe that one part of the dream was literal, which was the college campus. The other one was a metaphor, which was pass your test, son. Pass your test. Because they're gonna be hard tests. I don't know that I passed them all with A's, but I definitely passed with C minuses, praise God. (laughs) Solomon was the wisest person to ever live. You will never operate in a higher degree of wisdom than Solomon. But that encounter that he had where he was asked what he wanted from life happened in a dream. Joseph knew that he was that Joseph knew that he was not the father of the child that Mary had conceived. He thought in his carnal mind that probably she cheated on him and that the most appropriate thing that he could do was abandon Mary. But he had a dream and an angel visited in a dream and gave revelation. Joseph, the son of Jacob, this is another Joseph now, was prepared by God for a global famine that could have decimated hundreds of thousands of people, but a dream came to him, and in that dream he was given significant revelation for the saving of many. It's sometimes not that God doesn't speak, but rather we didn't perceive it because he was speaking through a dream. We must walk in the interpretation of dreams. And what I do not want to happen is for you to leave this message thinking that there's someone on our staff or team with the gift to interpret dreams and make them a guru instead of you becoming a disciple. Because God wants to give you the ability to interpret dreams. Now, there are people with a significant gift to do this. Many of those people were featured in the Old Testament, but we are new covenant believers and we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, which is the fullness of God. You are lacking nothing because you have all of God inside of you, which is why you can confidently say, greater he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? If I need dream interpretation, I can go where? Right here. Not inside myself, but to commune with the Holy Spirit to receive a revelation. You know, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the entirety of God. Turn your neighbor and say, I got the whole thing. Come on, say it again. I got the whole thing. (laughs) People act like they got half the Holy Spirit and their friend got the other half. I am not going to raise up a church that unintentionally gives influence to gurus to interpret dreams when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. I am an apostolic leader that wants to activate, empower you to be all that you've got because you got the whole thing on the inside. Some of the most common dreams people have are dreams of falling. My wife has that dream every night, right? The second she falls asleep, 
Another one is being chased. Ever had a dream you're being chased, but you're running in slow motion? No. <laughs> Another one is dying. Another one, here's a weird one that always freaks me out, your teeth falling out. Anyone have that dream? And then you wake up, you're like, oh man, praise God. The same crusties I had yesterday. Here's another one that I've had a couple of times, being naked in public. Have you ever had that dream? Or you're just like, somebody said no, but most people have. Here's another one for the women, pregnancy dreams. Anybody ever had a pregnancy dream? It's a common one. Here's another one, flying. Have you ever had a dream you were flying? It's pretty crazy though. These are common dreams because we have a common human experience. And I wanna help you discern the difference. Daniel, he couldn't understand his visions. Daniel couldn't understand his visions. He was like, I'm so perplexed by these spiritual visions. And then this archangel Gabriel shows up and Gabriel gives him revelation. Then Zechariah is seeking for a son. This man named Zechariah sometime later. And as he's seeking for a son, Gabriel shows up and says, hey, Zechariah, your prayers will be answered. And this son will be John the Baptist and he'll bear witness to the Messiah. And then all of a sudden, Mary is struggling and she's like, oh, I, I don't know how this thing could be. Gabriel shows up and says, you have found favor and you will bear Jesus, the Messiah. Gabriel in scripture is a high ranking angel that always shows up with revelation. He showed up with revelation to Daniel. He showed up with revelation to Zechariah and he showed up with revelation to Mary, but he gives you a secret to how he always has the revelation. How many of you want to be a revelatory person? How many of you want revelation like the archangel Gabriel? Because see, it, it, the secret's hidden in scripture. Go to Luke chapter one, verse 19. Luke chapter one, verse 19 says, and the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And so when Mary's like, well, how shall I know this? When Zechariah's like, how should I know this? I'm so confused. When Daniel's like, I don't understand these visions, how can I know this? You've got to stand in the presence of God. It's not a revelation that comes from knowing something, it's a revelation that comes from knowing him. When you stand in the presence of God, you will become like Gabriel, able to give revelation to all those around you. And, and when people come to me, Pastor Mike, I'm so cute. I'm so confused. Have you spent more time in the company of your friends than you have in the presence of your Savior? Because when you, because his response was, wait a second, even Gabriel himself is like, wait a second, you're going to miss it, Mary. You're going to miss it, Zechariah. You're going to miss it, Daniel. I stand in the presence of God. And because I stand in his presence, it's, it's not just the location, it's the posture. I'm in the posture of his presence when I'm working my job on Long Island. I'm in the posture of his presence. Come on, students, as you're in school and, and, and there's, there's all kinds of confusion around you. I'm in the posture of his presence and I have great revelation. Some of you are pastored more by Google than you are by this house. What's the spirit behind the interpretation of your dream that you looked up on Google? Did you know that Muslim organizations have made a concerted effort 
to make dream interpretation websites that rank in Google. And you've got Christians going to Google before they go to God and there's a spirit behind the interpretation that they're receiving to their dream. You better watch out that you don't go to Google before you go to God because there's a spirit behind it. Mormons have made a concerted effort to actually create websites and mommy blogs that rank on Google so that there's a spirit behind the, the interpretation that you get for dreams. There's so much bad information. But if you're receiving free information, there's always a cost. There's always a cost for free information because guess what the secret is? Nothing's free. Nothing's free. If you are able to watch something for free, it's because that content is the advertisement. But what's it selling you? I got a lot of Christians who are like, yeah, I was looking this site up and it told me my dream, dream name, uh, means this, this, and this. But it's like, we've gotta go to scripture. Forgotten dreams, let's talk about forgotten dreams, could mean that there's a lack of intimacy with God. If you're always forgetting your dreams, can I tell you a secret of how I remember my dreams? I stand in the presence of God and I worship. And in the midst of worship, my dreams come back to remembrance to me that are from him. Has anybody ever had that happen before? Where you're, you're in the midst of worship and a dream comes back to your remembrance? Do you wanna know why that's happening? Because that dream was probably from him. So when you get into the presence of God, he, the things that he deposited in your life begins to be made known to you. You know, I was in worship years ago, probably six years ago now. And as I was in worship, the Lord reminded me of a dream that I had that Dean Anderson died. And how many of you know Pastor Dean here at V1? We call him Papa Dean. And I had a dream that he died and it was reminded of me in worship. So I was in my own personal private worship and I, had, and I said, man, I've got to call Dean. So I go to call Dean and I'm like, Dean, I got something to tell you from the Lord. He's like, wait a second, before you say it, let me go first. And I was like, yeah, go first. And he said, I, I feel like the Lord told me that if I don't move to New York to help you plant V1 Church, I was going to die prematurely. And he said, well, what do you have to tell me? This was a significant moment in both of our lives. Because I said, well, I had a dream last night that you stayed in Northwest Indiana and you didn't come with us to launch V1 Church and I can confirm what the Lord told you. I had a dream that you died prematurely and that there was a supernatural extension on your life as the result of the obedience to move out to New York to start this church. Come on, yeah, you can clap for that because that dream, but, but I would have forgotten it altogether and what would have happened, but you know, the rest is history. They moved out here and, but see, it was a confirmation for him. It was a confirmation. Oftentimes I will write my dreams down in a journal. I'll date them with the time and the date so that I could show Dean in a moment like that, the time and the date before I tell him about it so I can steward the prophetic wisely. Remember, those who receive the greatest measure of supernatural are also super practical. So I didn't have to prove to Dean that I had the dream. I was able to show him a screenshot of the time and the date in which I had that dream. And it was a confirmation to him like none other. You know, God is trying to find a channel to communicate to you. And he will often do it through dreams. Now, here's a category I want to give you. Two categories. Write this down in your notes. Is the dream literal or symbolic? Now, it's oftentimes the way that God gives me prophetic dreams, it's both. And I don't know why he does me like that. Literal or symbolic. 
When Joseph interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, it was both literal and it was symbolic. Pharaoh had a dream that there were fat cows and skinny cows. But see, not only was it telling symbolically of a famine, but cows were used as a part of their, not just the agricultural element, but the economic. And so it was a very literal, it would have been easy to interpret for, for Joseph, not just because he had a dream, but because he had wisdom and he had understanding in this area. And so it was both. It was both. You know, Joseph's original dream about bundles of wheat bowing down before him was both literal and symbolic in the sense that the wheat was bowing, but his brothers weren't a bow, but he was going to actually distribute grain. So this, this, there, there was like a symmetry in the way in which he dreamed. When Jesus was being baptized in the Jordan, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came like a dove, not as a dove. Read your Bible. And it was symbolic, it was symbolic that, that the approval of God upon his life. God operates in the realm of symbols, but he also operates within the realm of literal information, okay? Now, information or instruction is the next category. Let's go a little deeper. Who wants to go deeper with me? Come on. Information. God gives information so that you can know something, so that you can confirm something, or to provide peace, okay? So God will give a dream so that you can know something. Let me give you another story. I had a dream, and in this dream, I walked into a large auditorium. In the auditorium, there was a drum riser on one side of the stage. There was stadium-style seating. In that dream, I saw people manifesting demons from front to back, all the way up and down, and I woke up <gasps> like that. All of a sudden, this was a couple of assignments ago, I was the executive pastor of a church. We went to go look at a building. The realtor went to go open the door. I said, before you open the door to the sanctuary, if there's drum risers on this side, if it looks like this, I know that we are to have this building because I've had a dream about a sanctuary where much deliverance was gonna take place. To everybody's surprise, he opened up the door and it was identical to the layout that I provided. We were able to get a $9 million building for $900,000. I told the bank when I, when I wrote the bank with the, the business plan to take a zero off the number and we'll take it. And they approved it. How many of you know that God will give a dream and he'll give favor and you'll do things that you would never do because you're confident when you get a confirmation. You can write that down. You're confident when you get a confirmation. You're confident. I was so confident that God wanted us to have that building and I knew that our finances weren't there at that particular church, that I boldly took a zero off the end of it and they still gave it to us for less than a million dollars and much deliverance did happen in that auditorium, just like my dream. So information is for you to know something, to confirm something, to provide peace. Instruction <laughs> is to warn, to direct, to strategize, to warn, to direct, to strategize, instruction. Everybody say instruction. Because I believe that after this teaching, there's gonna be many prophetic dreams that happen because God's gonna trust us. I remember um, probably 10 years ago now, over 10 years ago, I was walking down the street and I was praying. Remember, when you stand before the Lord like Gabriel, you get revelation. And I had a posture of his presence and I was walking down the street and I remember the Lord brought this memory back to me and it was of a dream that I had recently had where I was preaching in front of large crowds and they were all South American. 
At that point, I did not even own a passport. I did not have a passport. And so I came home and I told Julie, I said, Julie, the Lord reminded me of this dream I had. I need a passport. And she said, where are you going? I said, I don't know, South America, but I've got to get the passport now. And she's like, well, who invited you? I said, nobody, the Lord, I guess. I had a dream about it. So now watch, when you go to get a passport, you have to put on the initial application your destination that you intend on going. By faith, I literally put South America on there, Columbia or something. Did you know after I got that passport, I received a call from a friend who said, I know this is super last minute. I've got an opportunity for you to preach at the largest youth conference in the entire country of Columbia. Can you go? I just received my passport in the mail. Had I not been obedient to get into the presence of God while I was awake, he wouldn't have reminded me of his presence while I was asleep. Then I had to act on that instruction and strategy all to open up the door to Columbia. And I've been back there many, many, many times to do great and mighty things for God. But it started in a dream. It started in a dream. Every time I look at that passport, I'm reminded of that dream. The Bible is not the story of what happened. The Bible is the story of what always happens. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, guess what? He's still gonna be with you in your fiery trials. The Bible's not the story of what happened. It's the story of what always happens. It's a story of how God has been faithful to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's gonna be faithful to you too. The Bible is a story about what always happens. Jesus said, you're gonna do everything you read about because this isn't a book of history. This is a book of history being made every day, one act of obedience at a time. So to to know the Bible is to know the character and heart of God, which gives you revelation to interpret scripture. Christians say, I don't know that I hear the voice of God. Read your Bible out loud. I haven't heard God speak. Read your Bible out loud and you will hear his voice through your voice like he always intended because that's how God wants to move. We have to be obedient for prayer. We have to be obedient for worship. We have to be obedient to the word because he is going to send you on exploits to do great and mighty things. But we've got to get to that place. God would not die for you to not speak to you. Write that down if you need to. God would not die for me to not speak to me. I hate when Christians say, God doesn't speak to me. Why would he die for you not to speak to you? Why would he send his son Jesus to die a terrible death on the cross had it not been to cross every divide to bring you close to him so that you hear the sound of his voice reverberating through his chest as he holds you in an embrace? Why would he die for you but not speak to you? God always has something to say. Which channel is he speaking through? Is he speaking through the channel of dreams? Is he speaking through the channel of scripture? Is he speaking through channel of worship in a time of supplication? But I can tell you, he's always speaking. He's always speaking. The world is so chaotic, but not when the God of all order is inside of you directing. 
The world is so full of chaos, but on the inside, we ought not to have chaos of the God of order, the one that caused the waters to recede and dry land to appear when this earth was in chaos. The, world, the, the, the God where he spoke worlds into existence, the, the God that set up all known sciences and laws and principles of the universe that cannot and will not be violated by the most intelligent man alive is still speaking and bringing order to chaos. He wants to bring order to your life through dreams. I, don't, I will tell you this. My ministry started by a little woman, a little woman that I still to this day do not remember her name, but I remember her dream. She saw me at 15 years old and said, I had a dream that you preached my church. Had God not given her a prophetic dream, what would have happened with my soul? What would have happened with my purpose? What would have happened with my destiny? Many times I've gone back to that woman's dream. I don't have her phone number. I don't have her address to go back to her house, but I've gone back to her dream because her dream became a guiding force. You can believe that Joseph went back to the dream that he had when it was hard raising Jesus in the chaos of a first century Roman occupied region. But he went back to the dream. You better believe that when Daniel was getting thrown in the lion's den, there were many times that he went back to that encounter with Gabriel and said, an, an angel confirmed this and it must be true. God wants to release the supernatural over your life. Some of you, even while I'm speaking, there's dreams that are being brought to your remembrance now. It's through dreams that he confirms things. It's through dreams that he shows his loving kindness and his mercy. He'll give you an uncommon dream when you have an uncommon anointing and a very common place. Jesus was born in a manger, the filth of a trough that would feed animals, but there was an uncommon dream that was birthed in a common place. You may feel like your life is so seemingly insignificant, but it will be elevated by a dream. My mother had dreams in 1998 that a white airplane would land on our street and it would pull up to our house on Southeastern in Hammond, Indiana. And she'd say, Michael, there's something about an airplane that's connected to our destiny. There's something about an airplane. In 1998, my mother had this dream nonstop. And she said, an airplane landed right on our street, Michael. I don't know what God has for us. And then I'm sitting in a conference and Juan Verican says, it's time for somebody to go V1 and the airplane's gonna take flight. And the entire ministry is named after an aviation term. But in 1998, a mother on welfare, a single mother without a husband had a dream given by God. And that dream has been such a significant source of comfort because it comforts you and gives you confidence when you get the confirmation of a dream. And the world will tell you that your dream is not from God. And maybe sometimes they're right. But for those of us who know that we've been given a dream from God, you'll never convince us otherwise. Because John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Hearing is the first step. Following is the next step. To know that you've heard a voice means that there'll be action connected to it. Dean Anderson heard the voice of God in his ear. I heard the voice of God through my dream for Dean. But I know that Dean is a true sheep because he sold his house and he followed him. He followed the shepherd that gave that dream like a good sheep. I know that I'm a sheep 
because that little old woman in Hammond, Indiana, when I was 15 years old, had a dream that I was a preacher. But I knew it was God, even though I was so paralyzed by anxiety, social anxiety, so paralyzed by fear after being hurt and abused by so many adults. But I knew that I was a sheep because I followed that dream. I remember my pastor said, Mike, you're so introverted. You're so shy. We'll send your youth pastor to preach. But something leapt up and my spirit moved faster than my brain. Aren't you thankful for your spirit processing faster than your emotions? And something rose up inside of me and said, I'll do it. Because I was a true sheep following the leading of my shepherd. As I grew older, I would have to learn more and more how to put my footsteps in alignment with the voices and the dreams that I heard from God and from his messengers. It's why I went and got a passport because I said, man, I'll go get a passport because I remember at 15, God gave a dream to somebody and it changed many lives. Did you know that when I was in Colombia, when I was down there, I said, many of you hear my voice. God's going to change your life forever. And some of you are going to come to the United States. And it seems impossible because of the poverty of your life. But if you're faithful to God, he is faithful to the faithful. When I launched this church years later, all of a sudden a young girl came in. When she saw my face, she began to weep. And she said, you probably don't remember me, but you preached a very large youth conference in Columbia. And you said that God is going to bring some of us out of, out of poverty and is going to get us to America one day. And I chose to make my first trip Long Island so I could look you in the face and say, he is faithful to the faithful. Come on, God will use a dream. He'll use a dream. He'll use a dream. God will use a dream. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. And when you turn to the, it says, When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. People say God's not specific. I'll tell you this. God will tell you to turn left or turn right. Don't violate your God conscious Obedience increases the volume of his voice. Write that down in your notes. Obedience increases the volume of his voice in your life. His voice gets louder and louder the more we're obedient. Obedience increases the voice of the shepherd in our lives. Would you stand to your feet? John chapter 16, verse 13 says, the spirit shows what is true and will come and guide you into full truth. The spirit doesn't speak on his own. He will tell you only what he's heard from me and he will let you know what's going to happen. Why do you need to go to a psychic when you have the God of all truth telling you what's going to happen? And this is a promise. When you read scripture, you have to read it in the way that it was intended. This is a promise. He says this, and he will let you know what's going to happen. He gave me the dream about that auditorium. And I said, I, I remember telling the, the realtor, don't open the door yet. Don't open the door. And I turned to my pastors. I said, pastors, I want to serve you guys with a dream. And I don't know if this is the venue, but I saw it. And I begin to describe in detail. Why? Because the spirit showed me what was going to happen showed me was Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3 ask me and I will tell you the things that I don't know that you don't know and can't find out Jeremiah 33 3 is a promise don't ask Google first don't ask your friend first don't ask your don't don't, don't go out 
I've got to meet with 14 pastors, but you've never met with the shepherd. Don't go out, go in, go into the presence of God. And he's saying, ask me, and I will tell you that's a promise. When I tell my kids, we will go to Disney, you best believe. I'm going to be walking all over Epcot sooner or later. It's a promise because fathers understand that you don't break your promise to your kids. Ask me and I will tell you things that you don't know and you can't find out. The most intelligent one among us here, the one with the highest IQ and more degrees than a thermometer. <laughs> there are things that you can't find out. You have a limit. You have a restriction. The most energetic one that wakes up early and goes to bed late. You have a limit to your strength. Even the young men will grow weary, but they that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They will take up flight because when you stand in the presence of God like Gabriel, you receive revelation that empowers you. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16, all scripture is God breathed. So your friends that tell you that you serve a sky daddy and a fairy tale story, you tell them that the word of God is not the story of what happened. It's a story of what always happened. Biblical prophecy is a confirmation of who he is. And there's more prophecy to be fulfilled because that word is God breathed. It might have came through the hand of man, but it was penned by the hand and the breath of God. And I'm here to say the Bible has not been written by a man even though it was written through a man. It's God inspired, infallible, perfect and you can bank on every single word of it. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I hear the Lord saying, I prepared you for a good work. I did not prepare you for failure. I did not prepare you for lack. I did not prepare you for mediocrity, but I prepared you. I equipped you. I anointed you. I empowered you for a good work, for every single good work you will fulfill. Whew, I felt that. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. If you're led by Him, you're His child. If you're a stubborn mule that he can't get to take one step, then you maybe aren't his child. But how you know you're his child is that wherever he says go, you'll go. Hebrews chapter two, verse one. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. This is what the Lord gave me and I wanna pray. We must pay the most careful attention. Did you know that there are people that have come and through a dream, the Lord has said, forgive your father, forgive your pastor, forgive your friend. Through a dream, they, the Lord has said, move to this region and move to that. Through a dream, the, the Lord has confirmed. Through a dream, the Lord strategized. But we must pay the most careful attention because he's speaking. Therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift. The Lord told me, my people are drifting. Bring them back on course. My people are drifting. Bring them back on course. Tell them to pay close attention. Tell them I'm speaking. Tell them I'm loving them. Tell them I'm shouting to some of them. Don't drift, don't drift, don't drift. Don't drift away. Don't drift away. 
there's something in my heart. I told our pastoral team this week, I said, I've been righteously angry because our house cannot leave one sheep behind. We cannot leave one. There's a great division coming this fall. It's coming politically. It's coming racially. It's coming. And I want you to hear me say it first. We are going to be ready this time. Our church is not going to react like every other church. Our church is not going to respond with social media clips and everything we can to fight with propaganda and videos. Mark this in the footage right now. I know it's coming, but this time we're rising up without spot or blemish, unified across races and ages, dreaming dreams given from God because the enemy is not going to thwart what God has planned for his people. And part of being battle ready is saying, I'm paying careful attention. You're not going to play us like that this time, Satan. This time we're ready. We're dreaming dreams. We're prophesying. We're speaking the word of the Lord. Empowered by His Spirit, lift every hand from the front to the back because I feel that the Lord wants to renew the joy of your salvation. Tell Him, here am I, send me. Come on, tell Him, Lord, you can have my life. I'm surrounded by your presence. Just begin to surrender right now from the front to the back. Every watch party, every single person that can hear my voice, you will not be sifted. You will not drift. You will not be separated from the house of the Lord. Come on, sing it out. Come on, prayer team, if you want to come up. These altars are open if you want to receive prayers. We close out this service. We're surrendered, God. Speak, Lord. Have your way. If you need prayer, you can come up front. Let's just end this service in a posture of worship. Thank you, Father.